الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون صدق الله العظيم most respected mothers and sisters students of deen continuing with the discussion on haya the past two weeks we had been discussing some aspects regarding haya and inshallah we will discuss a few more things today what was discussed already was some incident from the quran sharif and one or two hadith regarding haya this is an extremely important topic we discussed this in the introduction to this topic that how fundamental and how essential this topic is how essential the quality of haya is this must be in a mu'min's life without haya everything will crumble so this is the lesson that we are discussing the lesson of haya and how important it is that we start inculcating this quality in our lives and this flood and tsunami of behayai of shamelessness of indecency this tsunami that is now sweeping across communities sweeping individuals sweeping entire communities into its path this is the tide that we have to turn back this tide of and tsunami of behayai and shamelessness we have to turn this tide backwards and bring back haya unfortunately haya has to a very great extent died out of the ummah the concept of haya has become so diluted so watered down that we cannot even imagine what is the real standard of haya that now looks like a very far fetched thing something very very distant something that it doesn't even sound to us like realistic whereas that is the haya that the quran sharif is asking us to adopt that is the haya that we are being encouraged in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and when that haya starts dropping that haya starts deteriorating starts getting eroded then they say it's free for all actually this is mentioned in a hadith sharif where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says idha lam tastahi fasna' ma shi'ta that if you have no shame if you have no haya then fasna' ma shi'ta a person who knows the arabic language person is familiar with a little bit of arabic also would understand that fasna ma shi'ta this is an amr this is a command that do what you wish but in the usage of the 
sentence of this command, what actually is being mentioned is, if this is not a command in the sense that you must go ahead and do something, what is being explained is what will be the outcome. This is the Amar, but is actually a Khabar. It is actually giving an explanation of what will become the outcome. What will be the result of the loss of Haya. So Rasulullah is saying that if a person has lost Haya, then the person will do as he wishes. In other words, there will be no inhibitions. There will be no breaks. The breaks have failed. So now like a person who has lost his sanity, or the person who is not sane, you cannot stop the person now from doing what he wishes. He will shout at any time. A person who is sane and he's sitting in a gathering, uh, he'll be uh, respectful, he won't say things out of turn, he won't just start laughing aloud out of for no reason. Because people are going to look at him and say, what's wrong with this person? One is that there's something that is meant to be laughed about. Somebody said something which is funny. Somebody uh, made everybody laugh. So now you will laugh also. Everybody will laugh. But there's a very serious gathering. Imagine now there's a funeral that is taking place. One person starts laughing aloud. Now what does... What will happen? What will be the outcome? Everybody will be shocked. What's going on here? This person is not right in his mind. Then somebody else tells him, look, please excuse the person that he is not very sane. There's a problem. So now, unfortunately, you can't uh, explain to him anything. He's not sane. The person is not sane. Now, how are you going to explain to him? So now you understand that the person who is not sane now, he will talk out of turn. He will laugh. Allah forbid in a funeral also. How are you going to explain to him now what's going on? So the same lesson is being given here that just as a person who is sane his intelligence, his mind stops him from various acts that are incorrect from things that make him lose his respect from things that make him behave in a way that is going to attract the wrong attention of people So now what makes him stop from all that his understanding, his intelligence that now this is not a place to laugh, you don't laugh here you don't jump around here like this like a small child, you're a grown up person and now he's jumping up imagine now a grown up person is coming to visit you and without any reason one is now there's some, some problem, the person got suddenly fell down, hurt his leg or something, now you see this grown up person hopping in on one leg just for no reason you wonder what happened, where this person came from fell from the sky or what so now that person's intelligence, that person's thinking, that person's understanding stops him from doing something like this. Because you're going to be silly. You won't do it. Because you don't want to be like a silly person. So what is preventing you? What is preventing you is that mind, that intelligence, that sanity. Now like we understand this in terms of sanity, the same lesson and message is being given with regards to Haya. That Haya is a kind of spiritual sanity just as we get this general sanity that a person's mental condition is in order so now he doesn't do stupid things doesn't do things that's going to now make a fool of himself doesn't wear now a person is wearing some clothing so he got green color socks and blue color pants and some yellow color shirt 
and some uh, kurta or whatever and or some girl is wearing all 13 different colors so I'll say that we knew that we were part of the rainbow nation but this is gone beyond the rainbow also so now they're going to make a mockery of her now nobody does that everybody wants to be dignified what is stopping the person from doing something that is going to harm their dignity their intelligence, their mind now there's a sanity the, the mind being in a correct condition that stops a person from doing these stupid things acting like a fool so likewise the spiritual sanity that spiritual sanity is what we are actually giving a description for our understanding of what Haya is all about that Haya and this modesty and shame that Sharia teaches that is in the Sunnah of Rasulullah that is in his teachings this is a kind of spiritual sanity and to the extent that this spiritual sanity will be alive to that extent a person will refrain from doing things that are foolish that are stupid that are things that cross the line of decency of morality but not the decency and morality which the West has defined we have discussed this many times perhaps two weeks ago we discussed the same thing that the western morality and decency is a very very corrupted kind of understanding the person who uh, must she must be dressed in a particular way if she is walking in a supermarket but she can be dressed in two scraps of clothing on the beach and it's perfectly fine that's the morality nothing has gone wrong in her morality yes in a supermarket she can't walk around with that but on the beach if she is wearing that scrap of clothing that's fine, that's perfect, there's no problem with it if somebody objects to it something is wrong with the objector now this is their lopsided morality this is that corrupted completely there's no, there's no decency in the definition uh, two couples are meeting and this person this husband is now meeting that person's wife and they are hugging each other and kissing each other in the presence of each one's spouse and that's part, part of morality that's part of culture and norm that is etiquette Allah protect us and save us from this this is what when filth becomes regarded as something very very good when rotten food is being regarded as fresh food now can you imagine somebody this rotten food is presenting it to you say this is fresh food whereas it's rotting it's thinking but now his sinuses are so badly clogged up he can't get the smell his eyes are completely blind so he can't see the rot so he can't smell the rot he can't see the rot as a result of which he's telling you now this is fresh now this is exactly what is the problem when it comes to the morality and decency that what haya is in reality that is lost and indecency and shamelessness that is regarded as fine why? because there is complete spiritual blindness and there is the spiritual sinuses are completely clogged and the spiritual life has died in fact the word haya this is an academic discussion but it gives us a very good lesson that the word haya the word haya comes from hayat what is the meaning of hayat? hayat means life we have all heard this word perhaps we have used it maybe and in many languages it is used in Urdu also Hayat and many other means life in Arabic Hayat means life and from the word Hayat comes the word Haya 
this modesty, this shame. So what is actually the message in this and what is what is being conveyed to us that to the extent that there will be haya, there will be this life, this spiritual life. Haya is the soul of a person's spiritual life. And if haya has died, then the spiritual life has gone. And that is why in the Hadith Sharif which we discussed previously, Rasulullah says that Iman and Haya are together. When one goes, the other will go with it. So when Haya has gone completely, the spiritual life has died. So now what's left of Iman then? Then Iman will go also. So this is the message that we have been given here in this hadith that we were discussing where Rasulullah says that if a person does not have haya what this actually means is he will do as he wishes meaning that there is no inhibitions there is no barriers there is nothing to stop the person everything goes and what the person will say I will do as I wish now that's exactly what is being stated in the hadith sharif the person will do what he wishes, meaning that wish is, doesn't matter whether that wish is the most foolish wish, whether it's the most absurd wish, whether it is the most indecent wish, whether it is the most disrespectful thought, whether it is anything. The person will and proudly say, look, nobody tells me anything. I do what I want. I want to do something, I don't bother about anybody. And that's exactly what becomes the end result. This is what Rasulullah has already told us, what he foretold here. That this is what a person will do. And the person will stand up and proudly say, I do what I want, nobody tells me what to do. Then they're not worried what Allah Ta'ala told them also to do. What Nabi Islam told them to do. What the Quran and Hadith has told them how to dress. They're not interested. I dress as I want. There's a free world. No, this is a misconception. A person is never free. Be either the slaves of Allah Ta'ala, or we, we become the na- slaves of nafs and shaitan. There is never a thing like a person is free. When a person becomes a slave of nafs and shaitan, then the person gets into a greater slavery. Then the person gets into a slavery of a kind that becomes so destructive that after a while a person wants to come out of this also, he is stuck. Can't undo it. Now the person has got caught up in that kind of dressing, that kind of lifestyle, that kind of whatever. Now the person wants to come out of it and just can't seem to make a move. So where this started off from? It started off from this shamelessness. This started off on one step of shamelessness that became a second step, that became a walk, that became a run through shamelessness and then it became a headlong dive into shamelessness. And then Allah forbid, everything was lost. So now you'll get a person saying, I dress as I want. Now that we should understand when we hear these kind of statements, that this is exactly what the Hadith Sharif has told us. That this is what will happen. This is how a person will then respond. I do what I want. I dress as I want. Now there's a place, something's happening somewhere. There's a fair taking place, all mixed up, all kinds of shamelessness happening there shamelessness in the definition of the Quran and Sunnah but see nobody tells me where I should go and not go I'll go where I want to go I want to go there I'll go now that's exactly what the Hadith Sharif told us what Rasulullah already foretold 
what Nabi Islam spelt out already that Izalam Tastahi Fasna'ma Shi'ta that when a person doesn't have Haya he then will do what he wants and he will say it also I do what I want I go where I want to I deal as I want to nobody can tell me much nobody can tell me anything now when this becomes the condition of a person then it's a very very dangerous slope that a person is on very very dangerous slope then a person on a cliff cliff end now the issue is that this haya has unfortunately to a very great extent already died out of the ummah. the effort has to be made to bring it alive bring it alive where? in the entire ummah. it starts off where? it starts off with myself each one of us it starts off with us what we can do to bring haya alive in our own lives what we can do to bring greater haya in our lives Alhamdulillah, some extent of haya is there, Allah tell us fazal, Allah tell us grace. Now how to enhance this, how to increase this haya, that is the aspect that we have to now make an effort on. And how to try and bring that consciousness of what is the reality of haya. One is what is in our minds, what we have just understood to be haya. What we have just heard here and there from people that no, this is fine, that is not fine, that is a problem, this is not a problem. But is that the reality? Is that is what Sharia is teaching us? What is the requirement of Haya in the light of Sharia? That is what we have to now understand and then make an effort to bring that alive. So as far as the lessons of Haya are concerned, there are many, many ahadis, there are many details. Inshallah, we will try and keep discussing this. And much of it will be a repetition. It will be a repetition of what we have discussed in the first week, the second week, what we are discussing today. Because this is a necessity that we keep discussing this, keep repeating it, to the point that it becomes part of our system. One talk is not going to do the job. One time we discussed a particular point, that point will get lost. We are going to have to repeatedly discuss this. And after having heard it, we have to discuss it among ourselves. Discuss it at home as well. Repeat it to others. Talk to our friends. Talk every now and again. One point or a few points of that lesson of Haya. And keep asking ourselves the question. Every time we are doing something, we are making a choice of garment. The first question, is this conducive to the Haya that Allah Ta'ala wants from me? Is this conducive to the Haya that Rasulullah has taught? Before I want to say something, is this going to be within the, confi- the limits of the haya that Sharia wants from me? Before I go to some place to ask myself the question, is this place conducive for the haya that deen has taught? That is the demand of deen regarding haya. Going here will enhance that haya or destroy that haya or decrease it. Now in this way when a person will condition one's heart and mind to keep asking this question and then act correctly. Sometimes we might make some mistake also, but this is what we are developing in our hearts and mind. To keep asking ourselves this question. And then acting correctly. If we are not sure what is the correct thing to do, then we are asking. Sometimes we would be able to know, because it's a clear cut thing. So we are tempted to do something, but we clear, it's clear cut. We know what is the right thing. So we do it. Do what is right and stay away from what is wrong. And sometimes it's a little bit of a difficult one for us 
because so many things out there have now blurred the lines. So, what is the reality is very clear. But for us, it's blurred. We can't see what the reality is. Sometimes it happens that something is very clear, but a person can't see it. This is just an example on the side, not directly linked to our topic, but in a way, it will help us to understand it also, that uh, somebody had moved into some house. I think we discussed this example once before also, but it's a very important example to learn many lessons from it. Somebody moved into a house, so now the neighbors, the neighbors saw, okay, we have some new neighbors now, so now their house was overlooking the next door yard, so they could see now people coming, going. So now the first day, the husband came back home, so now his wife is commenting on the new neighbors. Hey, these people, they very dirty, man. Just see them, they all the time, you can see like, you know, they have like taken a bath also. The husband kept quiet, he didn't say anything. Then the next day, you see, these people put their clothing on the line. You can see the clothing too, but the clothing like was never washed, it's so full of dirt. Okay, very good. He didn't say anything, he kept quiet. The third day, she's commenting on the neighbor's children, hey, so filthy these children are. They like, don't even wash their children properly. Then the fourth day she had some other comment again, very, very dirty people these are. The husband kept on listening quietly, he didn't say anything. The fourth day also now when she said something similar, the husband quietly woke up and then he went outside. He went outside with a bucket of water, with some cloths and so on. And what he did was, now she was looking out of her kitchen window all the time. This is not a good thing to do now, to keep watching now what others are doing. So now she was doing this, so what he did was from outside, he went, stood on a ladder, and he started washing the kitchen window from outside. So in any case, he washed the kitchen window clean. Now that next day when he came, he sees these people, she's saying, these people seem like they got the message. They now are very clean. The clothes also today were quite spotless. And the children also were very clean. Now the dirt was on her side. Those people, mashallah, were very clean. Children were clean, the clothes were clean, the house was clean, everything was clean. But the dirt was on her side. Now she is looking through the dirt on her side. As a result of which she can see everybody else dirty. She can see the neighbors dirty, the children dirty, the clothes dirty, the house dirty. But that dirt is in her eyes. It's on her window. So the husband understood what her problem is. So he went and washed the window for her. So now suddenly she's saying, no, no, they got clean. No, not they got clean. The dirt from her window got cleaned out. So many a times we see dirt in other people's lives. We see dirt in people's intentions. This person now is doing this for this reason and doing that for that reason. Or this person definitely did this and this is the reason why he did it. Now we are seeing all kinds of negatives in that person. All kinds of negatives in that person's intentions. The person didn't even, it didn't cross his mind. But we are seeing that. We seeing all that because it's in our eyes, it's in our minds, it's in our hearts. So, our thought is passing through the filth of our heart and is now passing judgment on the next person's action that this action was done because of that wrong intention. The person wanted to now just do me down or the person wanted to just take out some revenge or the person, whereas that person bichara didn't have any idea. Many times this happens. Uh, we pass judgment on others based on what is already in our mind. That dirt, that filth, that negativity, that ill thoughts is already in our mind. Now we are taking everything 
through that channel and now therefore we're seeing the negativity in the next person. So likewise, this haya, all this indecency that has already come into our minds, we are affected by what we see around us, how people are dressing, how people are living, how people are going about their day-to-day lives, all that has clouded our minds up. As a result now, we sometimes are unable to clearly see what is haya and what is not haya. Now when something is this dirt already in front, so everything else looks different outside. So now we need to then ask, we need to refer to somebody else, that now somebody is saying this kind of dressing is okay, but somebody else is saying it's not okay. There are people who dress in this manner, and others don't dress in this manner. Now how do we go about it? So now we ask those, who we ask? In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of true knowledge. And those who remember Allah Ta'ala, أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ This refers to knowledge. But here, the message is that those people of knowledge who are devoted to Allah Ta'ala. So the person's knowledge and piety you have confidence in. That the person is adhering to the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam. The person has sound knowledge. The person is upright in his dream then you refer to one person of this nature and you take a direction from him even in regards to what qualifies within the limits of haya and what has crossed the bounds of haya whether it's in terms of dressing whether it's in terms of where you go whether it is in terms of anything else without a fade one is clear cut something is clear haram you don't have to ask anybody what is this fine. It's haram. It's clear that it's known as haram. But now something you're not sure whether it is falling in the category of haram or not. Then now you could ask. Don't make judgments for yourself. Don't take chances. We don't take chances in terms of our physical health. We shouldn't take chances in terms of our spiritual health. Which is even more crucial. And far more important. So this aspect of haya is this fundamental lesson of deen. And this Hadith Sharif of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is this very, very uh, clear diagnosis that has been given. That when a person within himself, maybe somebody else might be saying it openly, sometimes we don't say it openly, but it's there in my heart, in the heart. That why should I not do this? I should do it. I want to do it. I should do it. Now, where that, that, does that come from? It comes from the lack of haya. But, Alhamdulillah, that haya is there, the thought, waswasa, will come from shaitan sometimes. But the person says, no, no, this is not right. I won't do it. But Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, I will not do this. So this is the way in which a person will then progress in deen. And this most important quality of haya will be protected, will be enhanced. Then this will become a natural part of a person and they will react to situations, live their day-to-day lives naturally with haya. Like we find the incident in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, in the pious predecessors, that how they naturally just did what was the dictates of Haya, even in the most trying conditions. That well known incident of Hazrat Umm Khallad, ta'ala anha, uh, her, her son was martyred in a battle, and she came to now uh, find out about her son. He came to know he's martyred, so where is his body that she can now make the arrangements for it to be taken and whatever else has to be done, the ghusl, etc., to make all those arrangements. So 
she came to find out my son has been martyred so already she has been told she is aware when she came she came now this was in the early stages still when people had still just come out of the previous customs and norms and she had now just come also recently but she still came completely in niqab with her face covered completely and completely covered so somebody just commented in surprise not in a negative way in surprise that mashallah that uh, you have lost your son but you still come in a state of niqab meaning that despite your severe grief that did not overwhelm you and did not make you lose focus you are still fully focused and you have not compromised on your haya you have not compromised on this niqab also so her reply her reply was if I have lost my son I haven't lost my haya I have lost my son that is a grief for me that is something which is I got to now deal with that situation but I haven't lost my haya so this is was a natural response it came from where? it came from that haya this her answer now spells it out that this was the issue so likewise we need to also now start building this haya again unfortunately it's gone either to zero or it's very low in terms of what the reality of haya is what shariat requires of us it's very low maybe a few percent maybe a 10% maybe 15% 20% somebody maybe a little bit more also 30-40% but this much much more for everybody to do and this is going to be inshallah the topic for many weeks to come with this hope that may Allah Ta'ala make it such that this inspires us to start becoming conscious of haya in everything that we do Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq that we become fully conscious of haya we act according to the dictates of haya our whole life comes upon the requirements of haya and as a result we gain the pleasure of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب